Yo, 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 what's good? Thank you for coming to the House of Barf. I'm Chan Man. And before we get started, I would just like to emphasize that the content that we share on House of Barf is for informational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors and the information provided should not be considered as professional financial advice. Investing and financial decisions involve risk. And it's crucial to do your own research or consult with a qualified professional before making any financial choices. The opinions expressed on House of Barf are, are of our, our own and do not reflect the views of any organizations that we may be affiliated with. Please remember that past performance is not indicative of future results and the financial landscape can change rapidly. Always conduct thorough due diligence and seek financial advice from a financial advisor tailored to your personal needs and circumstances. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the host and in the future, if we have any guests, are not responsible for any financial decisions you make as a result of the information presented on House of Barf. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Yo, 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 what's good? It's Chairman House of Barf. What's going on? I'm just up here chilling. was just about to start, you know, getting ready for this uh, for this day. Uh, shit, shit's going crazy. Not so much in the market, just all everywhere, all over the place. Um, we had like this rainstorm out here in Maryland yesterday. That was pretty crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it was rain all the way, uh, you know, talk to some people in Georgia. Um, I heard they had rain as well. Uh, so I don't know how far it went. I ain't even ready to look at the news, the weather channel, see how far it went. Um, so was dealing with that. Uh, power went out. It, it appears it didn't go out too bad. I I rolled out. I was like, man, y'all, you know, I was like, man, I'm going over somebody's house that I know got power. And I'm just going to have to chill with them. Uh, and I'll figure everything else out tomorrow. Uh, so I was dealing with that. And then, uh, piece of good news, somebody reached out and was like, hey, we want you to fill out some, uh, it's this form U4. Uh, it's, it's uniform form. You for, uh, essentially it's like a disclosure form, basically just, you know, um, uh, shit, I got, I got this cryptocurrency shit going, I mean, not cryptocurrency, uh, Forex shit, I was doing pretty good on it, uh, but it happens, yeah, do pretty well, and then don't, you know, um, so, try to figure out what to do about this. Uh, but it's all good. Seriously, still just learning Forex. It's, I am not, um, I am playing with a little bit more money now. At first I was just playing with a couple hundred dollars. I have put a couple more dollars in there. Um, I'm playing with a couple more dollars now. There's still not, nothing too crazy. Cause I more so just want to get the feel for the market. I haven't completely lost everything yet though. So, I mean, that's letting me know that I got some type of grasp on this, you know, not, not, not really good, but some type of grasp. I have, I have some idea of, you know, essentially it's trading, you know, buy low, sell high, sell high, buy low, same old, same old, you know, nothing too much, but trying to take the, um, the news and whatnot, like what pertains, what changes currencies? Is it, you know, the economic data? Uh, from my experience, from what I'm just seeing right now, it's technical analysis. This is all really Forex is. Uh, it, it appears economic data doesn't have that much of effect on 
Um, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe I just don't understand. Doesn't appear to have like the drastic effect on it, like um, Boeing, um, which I was talking to another one of my buddies about Boeing, um, which was a learning lesson. So uh, my buddy was um, was selling calls, essentially covered calls, selling calls on Boeing, and rolled a call, essentially like a year out, something it was a while out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Received probably about what about sixty dollars in premium, and um, and uh, talking to my buddy, you know, uh, you know, again, I'm not giving advice or anything, but we're talking. It's like you know, you know, I, I you know, I got the sixty dollars, but um, it, you know, it could have been longer. It could have been like two years out, something. Like that. It could have been like seven hundred days out. I can't, I can't remember how many days out, but it was a leap. It was a long term joint. And um, I was like, you know, I I could, you know, just collect this, you know, $60 or uh, if it decides that it wants to shoot up, then I could um, I, I could just, you know, sell it at that price uh, and then just collect the premium or roll it again or whatever. And then the other decision was or I could say, you know what, I do want, you know, this $60 contract over the next year or whatever, um, but. I would rather just break it down. So ended up closing the contract um, and then went to go sell a contract at like, I don't know, like $15, $16, right? Something really easy because it, like, it was like, you know what? I think I'd rather just make $15, $16 a day, you know, if I can keep that up than, um, than just, sit, just be sitting here, you know, just waiting for the contract to expire or for it to sell. So, um, sold a contract for like 15 bucks, went ahead, got rid of the other contract. And I believe they closed it at a, at a, at a plus. Now, when he rolled it, of course, uh, you know, the reason why he rolled it was the contract was at a loss, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, to get to 60. So, uh, previously, um, a contract may have lost, you know, um, $30 or $40 or something. And was like, you know what, uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll it and try to, um, I don't know the technical term for roll. I don't know exactly what it means, but let me see. What does rolling a contract mean in options? Let me see one more time. What does rolling a contract mean with options? According to TradeStation, Rolling options is the practice of moving from one call or put on a certain stock to a different call or put on the same stock. It involves exiting the current position and immediately entering a similar position. The underlying stock or exchange traded fund remains the same. So essentially, that's like you know, that's essentially what happened. So the call, um, the call, like I believe this, I believe Bone shot up, and the call lost money, and it was like you know what, instead of just going ahead and letting this go. I'm going to uh, go ahead and roll it and um, rolled it. So the first contract probably lost like $30 or something. And again, um, you multiply everything by 100. Um, so rolled it and was sitting on it and was just kind of like, you know, I think I could, you know, get that those funds back just daily, just selling contracts, you know, $15, $16 a day, 
do that throughout the year. There's approximately 250 days, trading days in the year. And essentially, I'll get that bread back. And it was like, hey, that's a strategy. Well, uh, we learned what kind of happens with that strategy. So when you sell a contract, your max premium, essentially your max gain is the premium. So sold that contract, um, you know, $15 or whatever. Boeing has a door that blasts off midair, leaving a gaping hole. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know. Uh, I was reading an article about it, and that's like the words they used. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Um, here, let me see if I can find it. So, sells a contract, $15. Well, Boeing goes completely down. Max gain, $15. Whereas, if would have left the uh, other contract that you rolled, which part of the strategy of rolling contract is to hold it, you know, a few days out towards, you know, expiration. Um, and we'll go over all this stuff with the expiration and everything. Um, so Boeing, I mean, takes a, a nosedive and the max gain, $15, $16. Ah, I know that had to hurt. Because if, if it would have left that other contract that it got $60 on, the max gain is $60. You know what I'm saying? So with... Boeing taking that nosedive easily, the contract could have covered, you know, let's say that uh, Boeing dropped 13%. It could have easily covered, you know, you know, a partial amount of those percentages because, again, there's still time decay. You know, the, the contract was a year, two years out. So there's still time decay. It wouldn't have covered everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, but let me see if I can find that uh, that article on Boeing, man. They they They, they went in. Um, let me see real quick. Uh, where's the live news? Uh, what was that yesterday? Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, let me see. Here's one article. A uh, Boeing CEO reportedly admits errors, vows, transparency after Alaska air mishap. Uh, Boeing's. No, this wasn't it. Let me see. Um, when was the gaping hole yesterday? The ninth. Let me see. Real quick, real quick. Oh, there were so many articles that came out yesterday. Gosh darn. Uh, I know. I'm. I know. I'm close. Uh, is your emergency landing? There was this article, man. It, it was. It was kind of funny, man. They were like, uh, oh, the the Boeing, uh. Uh, 747, whatever, gaping hole in midair, loses parts. Oh, my gosh. It sounded so bad. Give me one second. I can't find it. But the shit was kind of funny, man. It was like Boeing 737, whatever, midair, 16,000 feet in the air. Door rips off, leaving gaping hole. It was like, oh, my. Well, that's how I was reading it. That's how it sounded in my head. But, um... Yeah, so that was like a huge learning lesson with rolling contracts. Pretty much, I mean, that's what, that's what those hedge positions are to do. They're sitting there to, to protect you, you know. And I know so many people uh, get confused with hedging. And I'm not, I'm not advertising. I'm not saying do it. Hedge, hedge, hedge. No. You know, I got my grape juice. Um, um, 
I'm not saying it. I'm, you know, I'm not telling, I'm not giving out advice. That's what I try to do. I try to, I really can't invest around with people or talk about it with people who, um, um, get so caught up on the low hanging fruit. You know, it's like if you're looking into hedge strategies or whatever, um, it hops into, uh, reasons why they do it or they don't do it or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, that's not more so what it is. You know, if you got your trading day, right? And you're like, hey, I just want to make this amount of money daily and I'm good. I just want to make $16 a day, $20 a day, $200 a day, $1,000 a day, $15,000, whatever it is. And then you make it. Not saying that this is advice. Me personally, I kind of say the day is not over, right? You want to make, you know, $200,000, $500,000, $1,000,000, $1,000,000 a year. I mean, that doesn't come, you know, without a cost, you know? I mean, you do that at a corporation, it comes with a cost. Same difference if you do it trading. The thing is, at home, the cost is so much better. Oh, my gosh. It's so much better just to be able to sit at home and uh, just chill and trade and make your bread. And all you got to do is stay up all night and do research. Oh, my goodness. It's The cost is, in my personal opinion, so much better. Forget hopping on the road, traveling 30 miles here, 30 miles there, showing up late, written up, annual, mid-annual, quarterly reports uh, or reviews. All, man, forget all that. I could sit at home, do my little research, hop in in the morning, do my trades, and be done. Yes, I get that. Not so much a strategy that I kind of implement. If I fin- if my day finishes up 9.30 in the morning, as soon as the bell rings, one of my positions skyrockets or, you know, goes down, whatever I, my strategy was, bullish or bearish, um, my day's not over. Now I hop into uh, research, research and development. I got the marketing and sales part of the business down. You know, we made our, we made our quota. Now it's time for research and development. And that's to set up the next play. Now, if you get done 930 in the morning and you do enough research, who knows? You may be able to squeeze something in around 230, you know, if you want to, you know, before, you know, kind of prior to market closing. If you set it up right, you never know. You might be able to say, you know what, I'm going to squeeze this. In. And you never want to get greedy, you know, pigs uh, get slaughtered. Was it bulls make money, bears make money, but uh, pigs get slaughtered. You never want to get greedy, but if the play is setting up, the play is setting up, you know what I'm saying? And again, if a, if a, something goes in the opposite way of your analysis, you know, it, it happens sometimes. And one thing I'm going to work on uh, this upcoming year is logging and journaling as well. Just kind of logging the trades, journaling them. And, and more so, again, what I consider that is um, never having a losing day, you know? Um, it's because I know it sounds cliche, but it's never a losing day if you learn something. You can you can go around, I know Wolf of Wall Street. Act like you know, um, you're Brody from Billions. Whatever you know, you know whatever. I get it. The goal is to make money. Everybody always says it. You know, what are we going to business for? To make money. All right. Uh, I don't care if your wife is pregnant and giving birth. I don't care if your mother's on her deathbed. You better get in the office, you cunt. It's like no, it's it's Dan Pina. Whatever, but uh, yeah, there's a bunch of individuals that live by that uh, by that lifestyle, by that method, 
And, uh, you know, we're one of the top nations in the world, you know, probably because of that mentality. Uh, I'm a little different. Uh, I'm good. I'm really good. If I just make enough to survive, take care of my family, uh, you know, do a little shopping, do a little traveling, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I would, I don't know. I'm thinking about if I make some money, where would I want to move? I'm thinking about Canada. I'm not sure, you know? People from Canada seem to be nice. I don't know if maybe they're not, but, or I don't know what I'm thinking about, you know? And uh, just chill out. And then, trust me, the plays are going to get ridiculous. They really do. Once you're in the once you're in the swing of it, the plays. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to sit here and say, you know, please. If you ever run into anybody talking about, oh, these are it's guaranteed, everything's guaranteed, no losses, all wins, ninety percent gains, no losses or whatever. I'm sorry, me personally, I say run away, run the fuck in the opposite direction. I could be wrong. You know, um, typically those people do very well uh, and they build up a whole lot of followers, a lot of big following. And then there's a big substantial loss. Somehow, some way, some shape, some form. And now a thousand complaints are going to be getting ready to get sent over to FINRA or the SEC. And it's just like, what's going on? Oh, complaint. This guy on YouTube, TikTok gives out advice. Uh, and these people are going to want monetary compensation, but that's not really the way it works. It could. I mean, generally, you know, typically, uh, you know, that's not the way it kind of works. More so, it's protecting the, the integrity of the industry. Uh, now, if this individual didn't do anything wrong, then they can continue to do what they're doing. They can continue to give out advice or whatever, just as long as they're not giving out like advice, like buy this stock or something. I mean, it depends on like the words and stuff that they use. But, yo, that's that's kind of uh, crossing over the line of, of advice. And as if you give out advice, you have to be um, you have to be registered with a BD, uh, a broker dealer. So, yeah. Um, but Yeah. Uh, yeah, just you know, I'm still out here just learning. Uh, but yeah, once you get once you get really good, you know, um, I mean, there's really I don't know how to describe it without you know. Again, when I say things like there's never a losing day, does not mean you don't take any losses. You know, there's some people that literally take losses on purpose. You know, they uh, I don't know, it could be a capital gains, capital losses type thing where they're trying to. Um, Lower their income on the year. They made too much damn money. And they're trying to lower their income. So they'll, um, they may go ahead and take some capital losses on some stocks that they own or something. I don't know. That's when you talk to your tax advisor, your CPA, your CFA, whatever, and you get that all figured out. Um, but when I say never take a losing day, it more so means as long as you, um, Learn something. You learn something. If you learn something, it's always a winning day. And is there ever a point where you're the expert? Fuck no. Why do you think people trade? This shit is fun. Because it's never the same thing every day. Literally, since I've been trading, and, I, you know, people can get on, oh, you've been trading for 15, 20 years. No, I just, instead of having a bank account, 
you know what I'm saying? I just put it in a brokerage account and I kind of manage it myself instead of putting it in a bank account where they manage it for you and give you a small interest, you know, uh, which is fine. A lot of people right now are liquidating their whole portfolios and putting it in the banks to get that 5% interest, uh, annual interest. And they're doing it for like a year and whatnot. Essentially, they're just probably putting it in a CD or something and they're just giving you, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, who knows, or a short-term bond or something. I don't know what they're doing, but I'm just, I'm just, uh, speculating, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's never a losing day when you leave the market and you learn something. And, um, on the other note, when you get, when you start getting really good at this stuff, you know what I'm saying? And you're not really like um, making obnoxious speculative trades. I mean, seriously, like even just let's talk about COVID real quick where, you know, the market dropped. Let's just say I'm making this number up, but let's say, you know, holdings in your portfolio dropped 50 percent or something. For the people who are panicking, like, oh, my gosh, I'll never invest in the market again or blah, blah, blah. I'll never invest again. I'm just going to put it in the bank account, blah, blah, blah. Um, they, they, took the, the, they took the losses. They sold out in the red. And seriously, that could be a bad habit. Buying in the, uh, you know, buying in the green and selling in the red. It can become a bad habit, you know. Um, and it's not some amateur thing. You know, you could you could be an expert and fall into it. You know what I'm saying? If you go chasing capital gains, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm sorry to say, it, don't go chasing waterfalls. Leave it to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. You know, like that. I mean, that's really what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, if you can really just kind of hold your positions, not saying that you don't rebalance and everything, you know, that's one thing where I really feel like I messed up in the past 10, 15 years of trading is that I was buying stocks and holding on to them for years because that's I was a long term trader. But I didn't realize long term trader, not long time investor holder of this company or whatever, long term trader, meaning my trades are one year and plus not saying that I can't take cream off the crop. If, if I would have had a stock go up hundred percent, I put in a hundred dollars. I made a hundred dollars. I probably wouldn't have sold it. I probably would have just kept it and been like, well, you know, let's see if it can get up to 200%, you know, something like that. And for people that don't know, you can do that. You can, you can go up, you know, you can go up 2000%. You can go up. If you put, uh, let's say you put a penny on something, and that shoots up to, I don't know, $20. I mean, you did like 2,000% or something. I don't know. I don't know all the math. I'm not an expert here. But it's not like this 100% is like the, the top, you know. Um, uh, the concept with investing is infinite. The theory, theoretically, uh, if you're long in a position, uh, you know, like a stock or something, you can have infinite gains. You know what I'm saying? Um However, on the other end, on a short, you, you, you could have infinite losses, but it's not really infinite losses. I mean, because uh, it, it's going to go down to zero. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to go into the negatives. You know what I'm saying? So essentially, I think in theory, that's one reason why the markets would typically always go up because uh, bears have to cover. You're like... You can't ride a stock all the way. Like, 
and you can't buy something at zero. You know, you can't like it, it would it would be nice if you could buy for free, you know, but you can't buy at zero. Uh, you have to buy at at least a penny. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't get out before a penny, then the company gets delisted and you're an owner of that company. You got delisted. You know what I'm saying? So bears typically have to cover at some point. That's why I think in theory, why bulls will always um, be ahead. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, we don't have any. The highest stock I know right now is Berkshire Hathaway uh, dot a you know the, the the premium shares or whatever the primary shares or whatever i don't know what it is right now here i'll look it up uh but it's like five hundred thousand. i don't know if there's anything uh higher than that uh b-r-k-a berkshire hathaway common stock um see it's taking forever even just to load it so give us a minute Damn, maybe it's just my internet. No, I gotta, I gotta pay my bills because, uh, no, it's not my internet. Oh, let me try again. But um, oh crap! That's letting me know it's time. Uh, the market's about to open. Damn, I didn't even know I was talking that long. Um, but yeah, uh, I see what's going on. I gotta reload my computer, but um, other than that, yeah, with the no losing days, I'm not trying to say like there's no losing days. What I'm trying to say is you're always learning something, and also if you're not pressed, um, so let's say you got a great company, right? Amazon, Google, whatever, and I'm not saying these companies are invincible, but it's a great company, and you're down fifty percent on it during COVID or whatever. Right about now, you're probably coming out of it. You know what I'm saying? And if you were able to hold on, you know, um, you would be able to get out at a game. You know what I'm saying? Not to mention if you were doing other things too, like doubling down or selling calls on it or whatever. You're able to get out at a game. You know, compared to if you're like desperate for the money or uh, not emotionally kind of sound when it comes to investing, you're kind of like, like, um, no offense, kind of pretending that you're, you know, in a movie, you know, and on red days, you're throwing your desk and on green days, you're popping champagne. Um, don't get it twisted. If I had myself like a $5,000 day or something like that for me, and I know for some people that's probably normal, but for me, if I had like a five, $6,000 day today or something, best believe, um, best believe I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to spend some of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to pay some bills. And then I'm going to uh, I'm gonna buy me a bottle or something. Uh, and I'm going to chill and celebrate, man. It's a, it was a five, $6,000 day. I can pay my bills. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, you know, so that's what I mean. Like, when you never really have a losing day. One, if you take some losses, you're learning something. But on the other end, if you're not pressed, you can uh, you can chill out. And you can kind of wait for the games to come back around. And if you know you're in a speculative company, you knew that company was speculative anyways. So taking an L, I'm not saying this is advice, 
you should be willing to take a hundred percent loss in that company. Seriously, when you hopped into that uh, biopharm or pharmaceutical company or that that technology company uh, that has two employees and uh, twenty six thousand uh, dollars, you know, in their books or whatever, but they have this technology that they're going to whatever. Like, hey, when I when when I would hop into a company like that, I would already be prepared to. Um, I'd be, I would already be prepared to take a hundred percent loss on that company, you know, just, just saying, I don't know. It's not advice, you know? Um, but yeah, this market's about to get ready to open. Uh, you know me right now, I'm trading on MRO, Marathon Oil. Uh, this Berkshire Hathaway thing is not, oh, it's not here. Let me just go to Google. How much is Berkshire Hathaway A shares worth? She didn't say it. 500 approximately at the end of market yesterday. That was January 9th, 2024. Uh, Tuesday at approximately 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It ended off at approximately $556,500. That's the most expensive one I know of right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, had some pretty good news. Um, what is Form U4? I thought I said euphoria. Let me try again. What is form U4? I didn't read it. The form U4 is a uniform application for securities industry registration or transfer. Representatives of broker-dealers, investment advisors, or issuers of securities must use this form to become registered in the appropriate jurisdiction and or SRO. I believe SRO is a self-regulatory Tory organization, uh, essentially somebody who's not regulated by like a regulator. They basically regulate themselves, but even SROs some way, some shape, some form are held accountable somehow. Um, so yeah, I had a BD hit me up and was like, Hey, could you fill out this form you for, for us real quick? Essentially just, you know, asking questions like, yo, have you been in trouble? Do you have any, you know, misdemeanors or anything that you would like to tell us about? There it goes. Uh, anything going on? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, filled it out. Sent it to him. And they're like, yo, we're going to hit you up in a couple of days. And I said, all right, cool. So I'm going to be spending these next couple of days going over, you know, um, questions in my head. You know, basically what could be asked at the interview. You know, name a time where, you know, you had a complicated customer. Here, let's let's go ahead and uh, here, let's look it up real quick. Interview questions. Listen, this guy, man, this guy got energy. These are the people that I'm like, these are what they want when they hire somebody. It's like this guy, he's just so positive, so energetic. To teach you how to pass a job interview. In fact, I am about to undertake a live interview and answer the seven most common interview questions. Let's get straight into the interview. And at the end, I will tell you where you can download my answers. Here we go. Welcome to the interview. Please introduce yourself. First of all, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. My name is Richard and I am genuinely excited about the prospect of working for your company. Before applying, I read the job description. I am industrious, 
results driven and hard work. Yeah, so gonna be spending some time doing that. Um looking at my forex, it's it's kinda getting slaughtered right now. Which is it's fine. I'm fine. I'm still learning. Uh I think this one was you know, it's a naked short position. So and right now USD JPY seems to be going up. Um now on the other end how I said that I think bears will always kind of like prosper a little bit depending what you're invested in, you know what I'm saying? I I can't say for everything. I mean, bulls, bulls will always kind of prosper. Uh but again, it's depending on what you're invested in. Everything's not going to you know, work out. But for the most part, I think the reason why bulls, the market will always prosper besides if there's like some you know, nuclear attack or something like that is because bears typically have to cover their positions to get their profits. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't buy a company. With bears, it's sell high, buy low. I know it sounds confusing, but you can do it. But you can't buy in the market, if I'm correct, for zero. It doesn't work that way. You have to buy for at least a penny. You know what I'm saying? So once you get down to that point, I'm not sure if that's correct or not. Uh, but we'll look it up. We'll look it up another day. I'm about to get into this market. Um, you know, I told you I'm trading on Marathon Oil and JetBlue. Um, these will be the moves I make. Uh, nothing too good is going on. I'm going to try to figure it out. I'm trying to get assigned to some short puts So cause, because I'm trying to uh, lower my cost basis with the hopes that um, it, the markets will eventually go up. So, uh, there's a couple other plays I want to make too. Um, I know it's random, but, um, who makes tampons? So, Tampax, Playtex, Johnson and Johnson, um, random. This is kind of just how I roll Procter and Gamble. Okay, so I'm going to look at Procter & Gamble and probably Johnson & Johnson. And I know it sounds crazy, right? Who makes tampons? Um, I realized, you know, my family and my friends, there's always a box of tampons or, or I don't know what it is, tampons or pads or something. And always. Always in the house. Always. I've never been in the house where there's not no tampons or some tampons or something. Or... I don't know what it's pads or whatever it is. And I'm like, is there an alternative? Like, is there is there anything else you could do? Could you I don't know. And it's like I from my guessing is no. So pretty much tampons, tampax, whatnot are pretty much recession proof. It's as some people refer to, I think, as an economic moat. I'm not sure if that's the correct term. What is an economic moat? Let me try to ask it one more time. What is an economic moat? According to Wikipedia, an economic moat, often attributed to investor Warren Buffett, is a term used to describe a company's competitive advantage. Okay, so that may not be the correct term. But I'm like, okay, so maybe I need to get into some of these companies. I think... I don't know if Unilever, Unilever, whatever, but I see Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson. 
I believe these are consumer defensive things, essentially. Just something that always, I think Kimberly Clark, I'm, I'm going to take a I'm gonna look at some of these defensive stocks uh, with stuff that's just always in the house. You know what I'm saying? But not like, like, let me think, like, there's other things like Vaseline. I've noticed some people getting away from Vaseline. I've noticed um, even paper towels. I've noticed that for a period of time, you can go without paper towels, you know, within, without them being in the house. Um, what else? Uh, baby powder. For a period of time, people are like, hell nah, don't bring that baby powder around me. You know, I don't know if people be using a lot of baby oil uh, much anymore. Uh, but some of these things I'm like, yeah, that we thought was in the house all the time. Not so much. Um, and one thing about tampons or tampons or whatever, pads or whatever, I don't know what to call it. But um, if they're not in the house, guaranteed someone's going to be like, get to the store and go get them. I don't care, you know, if you got to go to a 24-hour CVS or what, go get them. Paper towels, you'll just be like, all right, I'm good. Vaseline, you like, right, just pass me the shea butter. You know what I'm saying? Uh, baby oil, uh, just pass me the shea butter. Vaseline or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? There's so many alternatives. Toilet paper, man, we could use leaves. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was like. I was like, is there an alternative? Is there ever an alternative from, let's say, no offense, let's say a lower class woman, right? Lower class. She ain't got nothing. Nothing. Is there just what's her choice? You know what I'm saying? To is like, could she use a face cloth or could she use toilet paper? You know what I'm saying? Something like that. And it's like, ugh, no. She could get a, some pads. No, that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying, is there an, from the pads or from the other thing? Is there an alternative to that? You know what I'm saying? It's like, no. You either get, I guess, the tampon or you get the pad. And it's like. Okay, but let's just say you don't have it. Like, could you, is there an alternative? And it's like, no. You know, so I'm like, okay. Well, then in that case, I think I may have an idea. I think I'm going to go ahead and hop into this Procter & Gamble family or um, see if Playtex is public or Johnson & Johnson, uh, which I believe, you know, these are defensive. If I'm correct, these are defensive. I'm not sure what they're, or I, I don't know exactly what they're called. Let me see. Let's just let's look it up real quick because uh, I just read over it. What are consumer defensive stocks? According to study.com, consumer defensive stocks can be described as stocks from companies that are present in the manufacture of food, tobacco, household, personal product, and packaging. Defensive stocks have high and unvarying demand, which insulates them from business cycle changes. That's what I'm talking about right there, that business cycle change. Now, the thing about the business cycle change is if we go into a high bull market, typically consumer defensive stocks are not going to fluctuate that much. They're pretty much, I guess, everything's priced in and everything. So that's the other part. But on the other end, bull market, they're pretty much solid. I mean, uh, bear market, pretty much solid. So it's like, okay, I think this may be something. If I can get one with a nice little dividend or something, we good. This is, I mean, not good, but it's one position that I don't have to, you know, worry about. You, you know, sell the short puts if you want to get in, sell the short calls you want to get out, whatever it is. Buy a long call two years from now, you know what I'm saying? Pretty solid, you know, maybe with a, maybe with a, a 40 delta, you know, maybe, 
maybe a 50 delta, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, hopefully a low time decay, low theta. And you could just pretty much ride that out for a couple years. Should be pretty solid. So, yeah, just a couple of things I'm looking into. And then on top of that, then I, I could look for a company like Take-Two, uh, you know, who owns 2K and uh, Rockstar Games, uh, owns da-da-da-da. Uh, um, or if, you, if I want to do Take-Two, I could do Microsoft. But uh, then that's going to be the company that's going to have some growth. You know what I'm saying? Take-Two got the, uh, the Red Demp Redemption game out. They got the GTA 6. They got the 2K. They recently purchased Zynga. So they can go in competition with Microsoft and uh, Active Blizzard. And it's not so much. They're talking about, I believe, the console is basically going to be a thing of the past. Can you believe that? Nobody, can you believe that? We, the Nintendo, uh, I don't even know. I believe it was NES. Can you believe that? That's what we grew up on. That's what I grew up on. I think there was, just, there was a couple other ones before that that I didn't grow up on. I can't even remember. I think Atari or something. I grew up on that Nintendo. That was, man, and then the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64. Man, I remember when the big black Xbox came out. And, man, I had a homeboy. You know, this guy, you know, he was a little different. You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, this guy, he drove a taxi when we were in, like, high school. Like, he was, like, freshman in college. Like, he was driving a taxi. Because he was like, man, like, I don't got no car. So, and and the to get the taxi was like 300 a month. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, yeah, I just drive this taxi. I pay the company 300 a month. I get to keep the car, drive around everywhere I want. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and it has no effect with the ladies. Cause they're like, Oh, he's, he's a working man. And, uh, he's like, yo, I'm, I'm good. So always drove a taxi. Um, I don't think he was from, I, as a matter of fact, he wasn't from the States. I know he was, he was, he was a, when you hang out with your people from the states, they 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 think different. They you know they're on other stuff. So this guy was on it ASAP. You know what I'm saying? So this guy, I don't even know what you're talking about, but he basically jailbroke our Xboxes. Like we're like I don't even know how we were. Probably I'd say like 17. You know what I'm saying? 18 maybe. I ain't know nothing about no jailbreak. Now I know about jailbreak, but he took our Xbox, jailbroke it. You know what I'm saying? That's when they got started coming out with that whole little uh, little seal. If this seal is broken and the manufacturer won't work on it, well, this was prior to that seal, and it was because of people like him. Man, every single video game damn near ever, ever, it don't even matter what system, Sega, uh, Super Nintendo, uh, it didn't matter what system it was on. I mean, we were playing video games from the 80s, you know what I'm saying, any game you thought of, man, people loved my Xbox, I'd have the old heads come up, well, at the time, I would call them old head, but they were really only like 20 years old, 21 years old, and they could pull up their old Capital Battle Royale, whatever games they played, they're like, yo, this is amazing, um, uh, we did it again on Dreamcast too, uh, Dreamcast, we did it again, but it was it was this uh, it was this guy, man. It was this guy. He was super cool, man. He was a really cool dude. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and get into this market. But yeah, so you, with the Johnson Johnson, Procter Gamble's or whatever, and then throwing the little Microsoft. Microsoft is pretty safe. Got a small dividend, and then also it does have growth, considering that it does have its Xbox consoles and everything out there. But consoles are going to be basically a thing of the past, and 
these companies are acquiring these tech, you know, these technology companies like Zynga or Activision Blizzard or whatever. Uh, more so, if I'm correct, because they have the mobile gaming thing on lock. So, for example, our children are not going to be sitting in front of the computer or in front of the TV playing Call of Duty, you know, with a remote in their hand. They're going to want a tablet. I think, if anything, they're going to want a VR. They're going to want the VR and a tablet. So they can play their game on VR, and then when they're not with their VR, then they can play it on their tablet. So get a spec, you know, get something, some growth company like that, throw that in there, get a little volatility, get the portfolio jumping. It'll be a great time, be a fun time. So thank you so much for stopping by, listening to all my weird, crazy shit. Uh, appreciate it. I'm about to get ready to get into this market. Um, in the future, trust me, it probably won't be till about 2025. Uh, when uh, It probably won't be till about 2026 because if this broker dealer does bring me in, and I already disclosed to them, like, yo, I'm going through some personal shit right now also. And they said, hey, no problem. We got you. We all been there, you know. Um, and it's like, man, I hope not. Because it's a shit. It's some bullshit. It's some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So I I would wish this on my worst enemy. You know, it's like, no, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, so they're like, yeah, we all been there. We understand, you know, it's cool. I was like, really, for real? And they're like, yeah, you're good, you're good. As long, do you, have you like committed a crime? Like, have you like, you know, got a felony, a misdemeanor? Is it securities related, you know, or violent or something? And I was like, nah, nothing like that. Uh, you know, <laughs> and they're just like, cool, that's fine. Um, and then they sent me the form U4. It's like, yo, could you fill this out for us? Filled it out, boom, boom, boom. Uh, you know, that's basically the form where you just disclose everything, saying, hey, I, I haven't been involved in nothing. So then they said they'll call me in a couple of days. We'll be working on that. So if this does happen, I will have to say that House of Barf is going to have to go on a hiatus because uh, it's a conflict of interest. Because people could say that my views are representing the organization, which isn't true. These are my views. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, you know, people don't want a conflict of interest. And then not to mention if, you know, um, uh, if somebody gets upset, essentially you get the idea that they could come back and say, hey, uh, this company said this. And it's like, no, we didn't. No, nope. no, we didn't. No, that was him. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's why you see the disclosure sometimes on television shows that say the view, the, the opinions of this person are not of this organization. They're their own personal views. Don't blame us. We're just only going to give them the platform to give their views, you know? So yeah, I'm going to be working on a few things. Thank you so much again. Love y'all. I hope you all enjoy your day. I may be back. Seriously. I, I may, I'm not even sure once I get through this day real quick, we'll see what happens because, uh, I'm going to have to start reading my general securities book for real, for real. Uh, cause they already told me they want me to be up and licensed in about 180 days so that, um, cause you know, they just, they're like, Hey, we want you, you know, want you going. I was like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? I've passed before I can do it again. So, all right, y'all appreciate it. Love y'all chairman house of barf, but Introducing the Listener Support Program, feeling the future and quality of House of Barf. Dear loyal listeners, at the House of Barf, 
we strive to bring you the most engaging, informative, and entertaining content every day into the world of business, accounting, regulation, and finance. We strive to provide you with expert knowledge, practical tips, and thought-provoking discussions to help you excel in your financial endeavors. We are dedicated to fostering meaningful conversations, sharing valuable insights, and creating a community of like-minded individuals who are passionate about business, accounting, regulation, and finance. Producing high-quality content requires dedication, resources, and effort from a talented team of one, me, but in the future, you know, hopefully I'll have a team. That's why we are excited to introduce our listener support program. This initiative allows you, our cherished audience members, to play a pivotal role in shaping the future and the content and assuring House of Bar's sustainability. In the future, becoming a supporter, you'll be able to enjoy a range of exclusive benefits. Benefits that I'm hoping to be able to bring eventually, early access to episodes, um, access to episodes that are not, you know, public, uh, you know, that are not accessible to everyone, possibly even um, create better content. And then all those mistakes I make, maybe I'll put them in a separate episode. You'll be able to get some behind the scenes stuff um, uh, and other uh, exclusive um, um, things such as merchandise. Possibly I have, uh, you know, a children's book coming out, maybe able to offer that uh, your support goes directly towards enhancing the quality of our content, expanding our reach, our research and investing in new resources and technology to bring you even better experiences. Your contribution will help us continue to deliver thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and insightful... Inter- oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, may, in the future, may possibly interview someone. Uh, that will keep you engaged and inspired. Join me, us... In shaping the future of House of Barf by becoming a supporter today. Your generosity empowers us to keep our conversations alive and ensures that we can contribute to provide valuable content to audiences around the United States and hopefully in the future of the world. To support us, simply visit podcasters.spotify.com. Then you can get to House of Barf. Um, also, it is on Spotify and um support this podcast and become a supporter and choose a membership tier that aligns with your preferences every contribution no matter how small or how big makes a meaningful impact and is deeply appreciated thank you for being an essential part of our journey with your support we can reach new heights and create content that truly resonates with you our incredible listeners God bless. Happy listening. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Again, if you would like, you can visit podcasters.spotify.com backslash pod backslash show backslash Chan hyphen man seven. And you can go to support this podcast and become a supporter today. Thank you. You can also reach me at c 287 gph at gmail.com thank you again you have a wonderful day god bless
Yo, 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 what's good? All right, let me not be like that because I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to focus on the market, but what's the point? All right, so I don't even got nothing to hold this phone up. All right, I'll try to do it anyway. So after reading that chapter yesterday on fundamental analysis and everything, technical analysis, I'm not saying I'm an expert on nowhere near, but uh, I, I feel like, you know, to an extent, kind of got a grasp on te- technical analysis and you can always dive deeper and deeper into the butthole of the beast so you can understand every little intricacy of every movement, any movement that's made anywhere. But at the end of the day, I mean, you still got people who, you know, the institutions on the back end. I mean, they even got these things called dark pools where essentially you can't even understand. You don't even know what's going on until the trades are done and over with. You know what I'm saying? Um, so at the end of the day, it's not saying that you'll never know, but we're never going to know everything. Uh, well, let me not never say never, but you know, so I'm like, okay, let me do a little research on fundamental analysis. So after doing the research on fundamental analysis, I kind of want to apply the knowledge. So I'm going to pull up the companies that I've been invested in. And, uh, so looking at MRO, uh, marathon oil, um, I'm, pulling, I'm going to pull up the last, let's just say, 180 days. And technically, it looks like it's at fair market value or it's on the lower. And the lowest it's been in 180 days is 2163 Currently, it's at $23. It's, uh, it's approximately 9.51 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, January 10th, 2024. Um, Wednesday. Um, so... Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It really has it's really at fair market value. It's not it's 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 up from the lows. Technically, it looks like a pretty good, you know, it looks like it's at support levels. Uh it looks like volume, you know, it's, it's it's it got pretty good volume. It it looks like it pretty much may go down just a little bit more, maybe a little bit more, but you know, not much more. Let me go ahead and do the uh one year. Um one year, it's up on the one year. Lowest has been in a year is about $7. So on the one year, it's up pretty high. Uh, let me do, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I did three year. Okay. Uh, that was a three year. My bad. Uh, clicked the wrong button. Um, 10 year, pretty much the same. The lowest has been in 10 years is $3. So it was up on that. All right. So technically, you know what I'm saying? It looks like it's at a, it's at a de- decent spot. Nothing too crazy. Uh, but let me go ahead and see if I can start reading some of these fundamentals. To kind of see what am I investing in. Not just, hey, there's this oil company that's kind of cheap. Um, it might be a good opportunity. So, uh, and this research, this is what I mean. that the, This research should be done not during market hours. I should not be doing this right now. I should have did this last night. Which, to tell you the truth, I was up at like 3 in the morning doing this research. I'm not even kidding. I wasn't doing all the research for myself. I tell you, I do get some people to call and say, hey, I'm looking at this company. Uh, could you just take a look at it? I'm looking at this Datadog or this Duolingo company. You might just, you know, um, not giving advice or anything, but just take a look at it. You know, just let me know what you think. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, cool. I'll take a look at it. And um, there's something that, I don't know, I, I think I do really have issues sleeping. I don't know what it is. Um, 
I feel like I've, I guess if I feel like I've, I'm sleeping, that um, I don't know. Um, not, I don't know. Not being productive or something. I don't know what it is. Uh, um, it could also be, you know, the beverages and whatnot. Uh, I, that's a sleep suppressant. But I, like, I wake up out of my sleep and I'm just like, okay, some, we, we should be doing something. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, sometimes I'm up you know, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, here, let me do a little research on, you know, that company. So, um, so I'm looking at MRO. Uh, um, looking at some of this news. I don't even know what this means. Uh, marathon shareholders have earned 56% CAGR over the last three years. I don't even know what CAGR is. You know, let's see what CAGR is. Um, okay, but yeah, I'm going to see, this is the reason why I kind of want to put the, um, uh, put the phone down so I can, uh, so I can read, uh, cause I want to know what they're talking about. Um, let me see if I can, uh, my read aloud tool is not working, but let me see if I can. Why is my read aloud tool not working? Yeah, let me see if I can figure out something so that we can read this together. Mm. No. Wait, just one moment, please. Yeah, here we go. It might seem bad, but the worst that can happen when you buy a stock, without leverage, is that its share price goes to zero. But when you pick a company that is really flourishing, you can make more than 100%. To wit, the Marathon Oil Corporation, NYSE, MRO, share price has flown 266% in the last three years. Most would be happy with that. In the last week, shares have slid back 1.3%. Now it's worth having a look at the company's fundamentals too, because that will help us determine if the long-term shareholder return has matched the performance of the underlying business. View our latest analysis for Marathon Oil. While markets are a powerful pricing mechanism, share prices reflect investor sentiment, not just underlying business performance. One imperfect but simple way to consider how the market perception of a company has shifted is to compare the change in the earnings per share, EPS, with the share price movement. Marathon Oil became profitable within the last three years. Given the importance of this milestone, it's not overly surprising that the share price has increased strongly. You can see how EPS has changed over time in the image below. Click on the chart to see the exact values. All right, I think I'm okay. Uh, all right, let me take a quick look. Real, I'll take a quick look real quick. All right. Uh, so, earnings per share has been going up. Um. Okay. Here, I'll I'll take a look at that in a second, so I can understand their graph. All right, so 
All right, I was looking at that article. That article uh, is written by the editorial team at simplywallstreet.com uh, on December 29th, 2023. All right, so I'm going to go to Marathon Oils, some of their financials. Just, excuse me, take a look. All right, so total revenue. I'm just going to go back up. Uh, goodness gracious. This is. I'm not sure if this is quarterly or annually. It looks like it's quarterly. Oh, no, this is annually. No, this isn't. Annual. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know why it has so many dates. Right. Let me see if I can scroll over. Um, so I guess I'll just read the December dates because they got March. It looks like they're given quarterly on the annual. Let me type in quarter. Okay. And this looks like the annual. All right, cool. Um, no, this isn't. All right. Let me go back to the annual. All right. So I'll just read like the December dates in December, 2020. Uh, their total revenue was approximately, and I need to know if this is in the millions or this is in the thousands. All right. So what's that? Three million. And I believe what you do is you take three million and you times that by a thousand. If I'm correct. So about three billion, if I'm correct. I'm not sure. Um, these prices, I'm just going to say it like this. These prices are in the thousands. Okay. And I'm just going to read what's on the screen. All right. So it's about in December 2020, it was approximately about. 31 million or I mean I'm sorry 3 million 100,000 um and then in December 2021 it was about 5 million 600,000 and then December 2022 about 7 million 500,000 approximately and December 2023 um I guess that information hasn't came out yet. Um, so essentially, is oh year over, you know year over year it's increasing. It does look like in September of 2023 it did drop down to approximately six point uh, four million. Uh, so it had a slight decrease. Uh, cost of revenues um, appeared to kind of be stagnant. They kind of seem to be about three point five million every year, uh, increasing. A little bit. The hundreds of thousands are increasing a little bit. Uh, gross profit actually seems to be possibly decreasing over a course of time, but it's somewhere always between about two point eight million and four million. But over the years, it kind of has been decreasing a little bit. That's the gross profit. Um, operating expenses appear to kind of be going down which sounds good. Um, the earnings before interest and taxes and earnings before uh, interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization uh, appear to kind of, uh, the, the EBIT appears to be kind of stagnant. Uh, or actually, it's gone down. It's gone down. The EBITDA appears to have con kind of gone down a little bit as well. Um... 
the revenues over the last few years appear to have increased over the last few years. However, the earnings over the last few, they, they had a rough one in 2020, but it looks like it's gotten a lot better in 2022. So, um, let me see some more news. Let's see the balance sheet. If I know how to read this total assets, total assets seem to be increasing. Um, total debt, uh, kind of increased, uh, Ordinary shares has decreased. Okay, I think that means people are buying it up, if I'm correct. Um, I may not be correct about that. Um, I don't know how to read all this. Again, I'm just kind of freshening up on it. Um, okay, but reading some of those numbers, I mean, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, then I would go to uh, Marathon Oil News and just kind of see um, kind of the stories on Marathon Oil. Let me see if there's anything good. We just read that one article. Um, yeah. No. Uh, do option traders know something about Marathon Oil that we don't? Uh, let's see. Investors in Marathon Oil need to pay close attention to the stock based on moves uh, in the options market lately. Uh, this was written back in December. Uh, that is because the January 19, 2024 $1 call has some of the highest implied volatility of all equity options today. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of okay with the Marathon Oil uh, move. Now, let me check one more with y'all real quick. Um, and then, and then I'm gonna put this down for a little bit. Um, JetBlue, uh, JetBlue board appoints Joanna Garati as new CEO. Okay. Congratulations on your new role. Um, uh, why is JetBlue stock in a tailspin today? Um, Okay. Let me look at some of these numbers. Uh, P ratio, nothing. I'm assuming because it doesn't have earnings. Um, market cap, $1.7 billion. Um, we go to some of their financials. Ugh. I mean, it's pretty stagnant. Total revenues are like between... It's, it's pretty stagnant. Uh... Between like seven million, nine point seven million, cost of revenues pretty much the same. Uh, gross profits pretty much the same around one point seven. Uh, so looking at this, this is not a company that appears to have like any growth or anything. Like this company is pretty stagnant, and over the last few years, it hasn't even really been having no positive earnings. It's kind of been losing. Gosh darn. So JetBlue, just based on fundamentals and a little bit of, you know, technical analysis. Uh, let me see. I didn't even do the technicals yet. Let me see. Let me see real quick. My bad. I used to be crazy. 
Some say I used to be dumb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, earnings per share, kind of over the last few years, has kind of been decreasing. The book value has kind of been decreasing. So JetBlue, and even the first day I got it, just wasn't, just wasn't it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the first day I got it, it was like it lost a contract with like American Airlines or something. So uh, JetBlue is for me right now is not it, even though it's like at ultimate lows. It's not like at ultimate lows. You would think there's only one way from here, right? Uh, but let me look at the technicals real quick. Yeah, I didn't even get around to doing that. Uh, JetBlue. Yeah, it's at like all-time lows. Let me see. Let me do like the 15-year or 20-year. Yeah, sorry, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at them. Uh, the lowest it was in 20 years was $2.81. Currently right now, uh, it's approximately 10.07 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, January 10th, 2020, 24. It's at approximately $5.10. You know, and the highest it was over the last 20 years was like $27.36, which is amazing. You know what I'm saying? If if things can turn around, uh, but you know what news is it that's gonna turn this around? You know, so all right, y'all. I'm gonna go ahead and take a quick break. Try to, I mean, you know, I'm gonna go ahead uh, in this real quick, and I'm gonna try to hop into this market and try to get things figured out. Um, you know, if there's anything that stands out to me or pops out at me, I'm definitely gonna touch base with y'all uh, and let y'all know what's going on. Um, All right. Well, if there's nothing else, thank you so much uh, for stopping by, kicking it with your mans. I'm Chairman, and this is also Barf. I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Coolamate Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mangston's Coolamate Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mangston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mangston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston, Mangston, and Zonkey discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston, Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonkey, Langston, Mangston, 
learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges with money and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mankson set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mankson's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mankson's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors. It is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mankson, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mankson's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts. Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mankson's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and, and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mankson's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, you can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless.